0: You, you want to see something really scary?
1: What's your favorite scary movie?
0: I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk nearer. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night.
1: Happy Halloween, trick-or-treaters. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week, we're having a Halloween extravaganza. We're going to discuss several films. First up, 1979's Dracula. He has walked through centuries, untouched by time. He has seen empires rise and fall. He possesses the wisdom of the ages. Throughout eternity, no man has ever provoked such terrible fear and such haunting desire. Dracula, starring Frank Langella with Laurence Olivier I am the last of
0: my kind descended from a conquering race but I must
1: warn you to take good care if at any time my company does not please you you will have only yourself to blame
0: oh god that's my (laughs) shadow!
1: The story of the greatest lover who ever lived, died, and lived again. Sacrifice! Dracula. Dracul. Yes. Now, the reason why we had to do this was because this month has been inundated With films, TV shows, etc. Galore of horror. And usually there isn't this much influx of horror in one month. Yeah. So this is the month where everything is coming out and we've seen some new stuff and we've seen some old stuff. And the 1979's Dracula, I happened to stumble upon it as I was doing my makeup, Halloween makeup, for a little get-together I was going to. And I just flipped on the Peacock Live channel. There's a Universal Monsters channel on there. And this just happened to just be starting. And I caught a little bit of it and I was like, oh! Oh! This, is, this looks pretty good. So let me go back and tell Shad. And Shad looked me right in my eyeballs and was like, I've been trying to get you to watch this movie for years. Yes. And we watched it. And it is freaking magical. Okay. It is my favorite move over guy who did that other movie. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> because this film... I really enjoyed this film. Now, Franklin Jella. Yes, Franklin Jella. Is, yes, of
0: course, Dracula.
1: Is Dracula. You have Donald Pleasance. Now, I'm telling you, it's 1979. So we're just coming off of Halloween, okay? First, he saw the blackest eyes, and then he saw the reddest eyes. <laughs> He's even, this is a year where he just see multiple leveled eyes of evil. Uh, for Donald Pleasance. And then Lawrence. Olivier, both yes. sophistication at his finest all around with these actors, um, who comes in and plays Van Helsing. I feel like he's in the movie for like 15 minutes. Yeah, he's, it's 45 minutes in before Van Helsing shows up. And then he's just like, here I am, and I'm just going to do my thing. And he yeah. does. Now, the film has... At first, I thought it was a black and white and we're not going to get obviously into the whole plot of Dracula. They do there is a little spin to this. Yeah, they do change things up a little bit on this. Which I did not mind to change. I no. it did not change anything really for me. Um but he goes after Lucy and not after Mina. Yeah. Um in this version. And I was okay with that. And also, um, well, you know, Mina was the sickly one. Yeah. And this one, Mina was the daughter of Van Helsing. Yes. That's the other. Yeah. And
0: yeah, she, uh, she got killed off pretty early in it. So it was a little switch on there from that, but yeah, I, I didn't mind this either. And I especially love the opening where it's the Demeter crashing onto the rocks and, you know, that you know Draculus coming off of the ship and everything. There's a great scene with the people on there trying to get Dracula's coffin off of the ship, and that doesn't go well for them. So, yeah, I like the way they changed
1: things up on this one a little bit. The set design, plus, A+, Yeah. the acting, A+, the cinematography, the uh, lighting. I mean, everything about this film I, I enjoyed. I thought it was probably one of the best... Like monster movies, like Universal monster movies, I had ever seen.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a
1: great scene I love in this where
0: uh, Dracula turns and runs and jumps out a window, and as he jumps out the window, he turns into the wolf. And, and let hits, me tell you, it looks the seamless. Running. Yeah, it's it's one of those very obvious like they just cut the scene and just started over, but it just looks seamless the way they edited it together. So it looks amazing. I also love the scene where they find Dracula on the beach. and He's wearing, like, the fur coat with, like, the lining around it that looks suspiciously like the wolf fur. Well, yeah, was, like, because... That was a nice touch. Yeah,
1: because... And, not uh, mind you, maybe this was my... I'm having that moment where people, when they first saw Halloween, they were like, oh, it was the bloodiest movie I've ever seen. Maybe this happened. When he, we see him as the wolf, he's leaving the ship. Uh, Mina's running after him, right? Um... We see the wolf, and then the wolf is laying on the ground. Yeah, the wolf lays down on the ground, and as she gets closer, you see it's a man in a wolf's fur coat. Well, this is the brilliant thing of that scene. You see the coat first laying on the ground. So you see the wolf, then she gets closer, then it's a coat, and then they do a uh, up-close of the sleeve of the coat. Yeah. An uh, up-close shot. And then slowly, you see his hand emerge from the coat.
0: Yeah, like yeah, that was great. It looks really, it was a really cool. Like, you know, you're kind of suddenly implying he's changing from yes. the, from the wolf into the man, but he looks just like to her, it's just like he's just raising his hand out of the coat. Yeah,
1: it's it's great. And then of course, um, the was the tapping at the window scene that we later see in the same year in Salem's Lot. Uh, the tapping, this happens actually several times in the film, but the one specifically that I want to discuss is when he's tapping in the window and in the both of the windows, like the French doors just open wide. There is a billow of, of, the, of the fog. And he just and walks in. Here he just floats the fuck in. His shirt, he's not, he's laxed Dracula at this point. Oh. Because he's not, he's not in his you know, a tuxedo, his genuinely wear. He's, he's not wearing, just there to bite next tonight. No, he's not. He's wearing that fucking shirt that you see Fabio wearing in all those romance novels, that shirt. This is yeah. a fucking shirt that he's wearing. And it's you see a little bit of chest. Obviously, he has the cloak on, because, you know, he, he can't just be <laughs> without a cloak. He has the cloak on, and he just floats in, and there she is, Lucy's just, you know, sitting at the edge of the bed, like... <gasps> you know like oh Whoa. my goodness what's what is gonna happen to me right now i'm i'm oh, quivering knew what was gonna happen right now that scene was fucking hot and then not and i don't even find frank langela hot like i would have never in a billion years okay to me he's skeletored like i don't <laughs> like there's no sexual <laughs> i have no sexual like tendencies like towards this man but this film the way that he and then it, they don't even, he said in his contract what he didn't want to have fangs. He didn't want blood dripping from the fangs. Yeah. He's sophisticated Dracula. Yeah, you never see him like hiss at anyone with the fangs or anything like that. Now, we forgot to mention that this version actually is a uh, combination of the novel, obviously, the 1897 novel, and then a play, film ad- uh, adapted play from 1924. Yeah and this is the version a 1924 version um theatrical play which is the one that establishes that he's in the tuxedo yeah he was the the guy who wrote this one uh, his name is hamilton dean i think he was
0: the first guy to put dracula like in the cape with the stand-up collar and the tuxedo he actually did like a stage trick where he would have him, you know drop through a trap door and just leave the cape standing up to make it look like he vanished and it was this version of the of Dracula that Bela Lugosi starred in prior to being in the movie. And then also Franklin Jella played Dracula in this version of the play when it ran in different places. Like when it toured around America and that, Franklin Langella played Dracula in it. And that's where they saw him and were like, okay, yeah, he's good for the movie.
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, the backstory of the, like, play slash to film is just i just love it because you can tell i mean obviously you have veteran actors they're all came to do a job they're doing it wonderfully it didn't feel hokey to me at all the movie it was very sophisticated you know elegant um and the imagery like the things they do in this film and the time i mean it's 1979 there is a during that lovemaking scene it wasn't the billowy shirt that like got me it was when they're on top of the bed on one another it's kind of like when he starts like you know kissing her and then when he takes the bite the whole screen turns red and now they're like floating like but floating like laying down floating and it's like the blood that's being pumped and the innuendo. I mean, there's so much going on in that scene that yeah. it's a genius. It's its a fucking genius scene. I can't say enough of the film. I really enjoy the film. I give it four knives. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I'll go with you on that one. This, I think, for me was probably the first, like, Dracula that I remember seeing was probably this. I'd seen clips the Bela Lugosi and things like that. But this was the first, like, full-on Dracula movie that I remember watching.
1: I know that there's obviously big Universal Monster um, fans uh, that may be listening. And, you know, I, I I just, I don't know the Bela Lugosi one. That's, like, pales a comparison to this movie. And I get, I don't know if it's because, obviously, that movie came out in 1931, yeah. So I get, of course, obviously, you know, the things they were able to do in that movie and how it holds, like, you know, whatever. It's a classic. Yeah. But this film is a classic in one itself, and people barely talk about this film.
0: It's just because it's had such limited availability. I think it's out from Shout Factory now and from some other places. It finally got another release from someplace else as well, so maybe now people will start seeing it more.
1: Well, it's on Peacock, and if you you go to the channel, the Universal Monsters channel, if you, it's not playing there like when you like would turned it on. You can go in the search and locate it there, and they have the movie there. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking
0: out. If you haven't seen it,
1: definitely do. This movie won a Saturn Award for Best Horror Film for 1979. Like, Which, remember, Alien came out in 1979. So this beat out Alien as
0: best horror film of that year in the Saturn Awards.
1: I mean, but is it a horror f- I don't know how they would categorize it. More than likely, yes, they probably put have put Alien in this category. I feel like it's a sci-fi movie. Why would you put that? But that's just me. But yes, fine. It beat Alien. Let's just say it beat Alien just so it could sound better. It just, <laughs> you know, brings it to a whole other level now our next film is from modern day um (laughs) it's like modern day but not like modern day because it's set in the past um totally killer um on amazon prime
0: i'd like to report a crime that hasn't happened yet have you seen the movie back to the future basically i'm living that movie right now which is how i know there's going to be a murder tonight
1: Hate time travel movies. They never make any sense.
0: Happy Halloween. How about we all stay in and hand out Halloween candy? No, Mom. You know how hard this time of year is for us. Your friends were murdered 35 years ago. It's not 1987 anymore. Stay safe, honey. I love you. <sighs> is it? 1987. Oh, my God. I know. The 80s are almost over, and I haven't even tried Coke yet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. Mom. Fuck off and die. Jesus, Mom. <gasps> Mamacita. Ay. Ay-ay-ay. You know time for my birthday, babe? in the middle of fucking nowhere. What's the big deal? There's a murderer
1: on the loose and you drove us into the woods. Oh, my God! What? I forgot to bring vodka. You have seven and a half hours until you're stuck here forever. I need to stop all this
0: horror before it happens. Do the machines kill us all? No. They more just rip apart the fabric of our society via dance videos on TikTok. They use dance against us? Come on out. The water's warm. Just so you know, I don't do blowjobs. You pee out of that thing. Just think, maybe if she did do blowjobs, she'd still be alive. Yeah, let's not make that the lesson. 80s weed sucks. This is just dirt. Look at all these twigs. I could give you a gummy this big that has 100 times more weed than this.
1: This film stars Kernan Shipka, who we all know and love from, she was Sally Draper in Mad Men. She was uh, Sabrina in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, She's 23 years old for anyone that thinks, hey, how could she be playing a teenage girl in high school who's 16? Um, Yeah, she can. She still looks 17, 16, 17. She looks very young, and she could totally pull it off. And, you know, I don't think people give her enough credit. I think that she's able to hold the movie on her own. I enjoyed the film. It's one of those, when you have a time travel movie... This is not the film for, like, Uber, time travel, like, people that really get into it and are, like, nitpicking. This is not the movie for you. So just, just skip over the movie. But if you could just be loose and have fun and just want to have a, just a good old time, this is a perfect movie for you. This
0: is like the thing in Austin Powers uh, 2 where they're like, you're going back in time, but what about this? And he's like, I'm not going to worry about that, and neither should you. And they just turn and look at the camera and then just go on with their lives. Yeah, it's that kind of thing, and I would say like this one. If you're a fan of like uh, Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to me or to you, whichever one, I think it was Happy, to Death, Happy Day. Death Day to you. Yeah, Happy Death Day to you. Then this one will be right up
1: your alley. It's in the same kind of vein. Now, the her, she her name is Jamie in the film. Wink. Yeah. A lot of nods. Very subtle. <laughs> and you know, this is what get this is this is the formula for me. Okay, one, we there's time travel check. Two, there's a dope ass mask involved. Check. Very much in the line of like Valentine. Yeah. Right? Check. And happy Deaf Day. I, I enjoy both of those masks. So that but this one has an earring, which I found very annoying at one point for me. Like, does a mask have an earring? Like that's kinda weird. But then I was like, okay, I just went with it. Maybe it was based on the earring Magic Kin. Okay. Because it did look a little like a Ken doll, didn't it? Yes, it did have a, like a, yes, I agree with it. Yes, it did. And it, but then it's the 80s. So then obviously they're, you know, all yeah, wearing it. Yeah, so I was going to
0: say it was earring magic Ken. Because that was
1: a big oh. thing when
0: Ken came out and had an earring.
1: It was Ken meets Keith or Sutherland and Lost Boys. Because he has the same fucking earring on. Yeah. He has the same earring. Okay. So you got the mask. Check. Um, yeah. Then we're going back to the 80s. Nostalgia. Check, check. Like, and this is another thing. Like, for the people that are over the whole 80s thing, also not the movie for you. But you see, I, every so often there's, you know, a time travel movie where they're traveling into the 80s. And, I, and I'm just a sucker for it. I can't help it. Hot Tub Time Machine. I loved Hot Tub Time Machine. Okay? Can't even tell you how many times I've seen this damn movie. <laughs> and part two. Um, So good. And this movie, also very good. funny um the time travel like I said don't think about it um just go with it because it is fucking wild and crazy like first of all you know oh and then there's a whole element of the whole reason why she gets back into time so basically 35 years ago there was a killer and he killed the killer killed two three 16 year old girls and the survivor is Karen and Shipka's mom is the survivor cuz it was four girls and um Karen and Shipka, modern day has a best friend and the best friend you know she's really smart and she's doing like a project on like time travel but it's through a photo booth yeah and also it's she's it's set in like in an abandoned like amusement park that used to be really popular in the 80s yeah and there's just all these elements. Also, amusement parks, like check, which coincidentally I will discuss amusement park later on at the end of the podcast for another film that we watched today. Um, And and Chad's like, what the hell are you talking oh, about? yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to connect that later. So, you know, going back to 1987, of course, you send someone that's, you know, 16, 17 years old going back to 1987, there's obviously going to be a lot of problematic stuff, which... The movie makes fun of itself in that way um, because, you know, this character, is, this, is, this is a classic fish-out-of-water story. Yeah, I love that she's like, are we going to put our seatbelts on? I'm like, why?
0: <laughs> like, no one wears seatbelts in the car. Everybody's smoking inside the car. You know, I love that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, that was pretty common back in the 80s. Yeah. Put it, that seatbelt back.
1: Tuck that shit into the seat before it flies around and hurts somebody. I definitely recommend this film. It was super fun. Um, if, you know, you're staying in, uh, on Halloween, we're recording this to Halloween Eve. So, but this will be released on Halloween. So happy Halloween. Once again, um, this is a fun thing to just watch and have, you know, if you need to, uh, if you're doing like a bunch of horror, like scary movies, this is a good, like break to like break the tension and like the fear that you're getting from these scary movies and take a little break and watch this one and have fun and then go yeah. back into the scare fest. I'm gonna give it four knives too. It was a lot of fun. I'm gonna give it uh three knives. I can't give it I can't give it a solid four knives. I just gave four knives to the dragon. I'm gonna give it out of this one because it was fun. I'm not gonna say
0: it's gonna be like a classic that you'll be watching a hundred years from now, but it's fun.
1: <laughs> Imagine. This this be, this is the movie that becomes a classic, by the way. A hundred years from now it's this movie. This and Morbius. Oh no, not Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Now we have on Shutter, Puppet Man. The Puppet Man. The Puppet. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's let's say that again. The next movie we're gonna cover is The Puppet Man. Now on Shutter. We have to make this week epic. He actually bought it. <laughs> Pretty good, right? <laughs> Danny is really into you. <laughs> huh. Enough of this will they, won't they bullshit? Seriously, Danny, this one's got major daddy issues. Haven't you heard what her daddy's done to her mom? I've been waiting for so long. I mean, what the puppet man made a daddy do to her mom. It's not me! You told him? I thought that was between us. Michael, I'm sorry, I just want I can't lose. <sighs>
0: Michael, I'm trying to get an idea of what happened to you.
1: I saw it in her eyes.
0: It was the same thing I saw in his eyes.
1: Like he was afraid. Afraid of what? Of me. Michael, he's carrying your death inside her. Why did you kill her?
0: You did. You not find me. Deadline, I didn't die. Charlie.
1: charmtime.
0: Stop
1: it!
0: I was meant to suffer like you did. Wasn't I? Kill me! <laughs> Who are you talking to?
1: so this film was uh directed by brandon christensen who we had the pleasure of interviewing um during fright uh popcorn frights a couple of years ago um when he had his movie z um that was there at the festival and you know, we've been watching his films ever since then. Um, so anytime we hear that the Brandon Christensen movie is coming out, we're there. Um, this movie uh, getting into it. I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, this, this looks, this looks like it could be, you know, something that's going to give you nightmares. So <laughs> I'm about it. I love the cover art for it. Um, yeah. It's great. And, man, usually our whole, like, format is, like, we go through the whole, like, film. Um, go ahead. You were going to say something? But we have this little girl that is has witnessed the murder of her mom. And it's the dad that does it. And they do show this whole thing through, um, they show it her eyes and they show it obviously to the audience as it's happening. And he, you know, the mom's asking like, why, you know, while she's being like, you know, murdered and the father's like that he can't stop. Now this, I was not expecting a twist in this film. So, and you don't, I did not see that coming. Did you, at some point you do start getting to see like, Oh shit. This is, like, not what I thought it was going to be. Mm. I thought maybe, like, okay, the dad obviously is possessed by a demon, an entity, something, you know. And you don't even put together, like, where this fucking goes. Because this goes, like,
0: woo. Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise on where it went. I uh, I thought at first I was like, okay, it's going to be one of those things where she's kind of possessed and, you know, doesn't realize it and has been doing all this stuff. But that's a little part of it, but there's more going on than that. And I especially liked on this how it does, like, there are some really gruesome kills in this. Oh, yeah, for Once sure. where people really get some horrible things happen to them that they did
1: not deserve or see coming. I feel like this is his, uh, Christensen's most bloody movie so far. Yeah, I think this has got to be the goriest one yet. Um, you know... The, that little girl grows up, she's in college, um, her college roommate, who's also her best friend finds out that, you know, she's the daughter of this famous. So this trial is going on and the father was convicted and he's on death row and his, you know, the execution is coming up and it's the talk of the town. Everyone knows about this murder that, you know, that happened and, you know, especially because it's on record, like, he didn't do it. He didn't want to do it, whatever. Something forced him to do it um, and all that. So sh- the roommate finds out that she's the little girl. She is their daughter. And she becomes obsessed. She's kind of like, uh, she's, she becomes very obsessed. And she's always filming the chick because, of course, obviously, she had a traumatic experience, so of course she's sleepwalking, and of course she does fucking weird shit, you know. Yeah. And um, the stuff starts getting more and more weird as we get further into the film because the film did come out this year, and also we didn't. We kind of did a a non spoiler for Totally Killer too. Yeah. I don't really want to s- like throw the whole the whole synopsis of the film. Yeah.
0: The, the less you know going into this, the better off you are. The more surprised you are, the more fun it is.
1: Yeah, I definitely would say that I did not see the twist coming. Like I said before, um, I do agree it is a very gruesome film, and it's definitely one to add to your list for tonight. Like if you're if you've seen if you're that person that's seen everything that's been made and you don't want to revisit an oldie, you know, go for this one because it definitely will. It has its creepy moments, and it definitely delivers in the kill department. Oh, for sure for sure it reminds me kind of i don't want to say smile but it kind of has some elements you know like that um and i do want to know more but i know i'm probably not going to get more of the story like is there going to be a sequel it could totally have a sequel yeah um i give the film two and a half knives (laughs) i just said that so i can get a reaction out of you i give it three knives jesus i was gonna say what the hell three knives no i enjoyed it it scared the shit out of me i did have nightmares after uh for some the imagery on some of the stuff got me i'm not really into gore i'm not a gore person um but it is done it's it's it yeah it, it gets heavy yeah, I was gonna say it was
0: a it was a three and a half night for, for me. So
1: now our last film that we watched, and we watched this literally um, last night. <laughs> I was gonna say tonight. <laughs> last night is Hell House. This this Hell House has a long, long name. Hell House Origins. L-O-C Hell House L-O-C Origins Carmichael Manor I probably killed the whole the whole name yeah, of Yeah you, you destroyed it Hell House L-L-C
0: Origins the Carmichael Manor okay but boom perfect <laughs> the Carmichael Manor is home to a grisly murder that occurred right upstairs from where I stand half the family murdered while the other half is still missing,
1: the Carmichael Manor. Where to begin? Arthur and Patrick Carmichael have been missing for the last thirty years. We are about thirty minutes from our new home, the Carmichael Manor.
0: You're staying in the We're Carmichael. Staying
1: inside. <laughs> that was how Margot Bentley and Rebecca Vickers wound up in the manor in November of 2021. What's on their video is things that can't be unseen. Chase is gonna be here in an hour. Do you actually think this place is on? If it is, you're here for five days, so please get it on camera. Hello? Who is that? What's all this here? Those are all the things found at the Abaddon Hotel. What's going on? It sounded like someone was singing
0: downstairs. I saw this little girl. She said that her and her mom were staying at a hotel. And then I realized that she's not real. Something is is messing with us. It probably doesn't want us here, so let's not disappoint.
1: a great time on this aren't we yeah you're you're just messing it up left and right man <laughs> now when i saw a couple of months ago that it was going to be another hell house movie i almost jumped out the fucking window because i am a big fan of this of this series like and i'm just going to say um thank you thank you for having another hill house because i need all the hell houses there are um I wasn't expecting there to be another one. Lake of Fire ended literally in its name, Lake of Fire, it ended yeah, in a huge fire. Up on that one. Um but the writer and director um decided, you know what? Uh Stephen Cognetti, he decided you know what there's actually some elements that i feel like i could expand upon and actually kind of wrote like way back when like a script i started working on it but he went back to it and obviously expanded it and filled in because you know he had the whole like first three movies or first two movies to like do his thing um So he definitely did that. Sorry, I got lost my chain of thought because I was like, wait a second. Is this part four or is this part three? It would be the fourth one. But it's the fourth one because the third one is Lake of Fire. Um, You have to remember that Lake of Fire, that came out, well, like two years ago. It's been some time since we had a whole house movie. And like I said, I didn't know there was going to be another one. Am I glad that there was another one? Yes. This movie did... I don't, i'm not about clowns let's just throw this out there um there are several different things the avenues that this film takes and the one thing i feel it's difficult is i know a lot of people are over found footage they've been over found footage for a really long time and there are like movies like the vhs series you know this one that has kept the found footage kind of like going um and it's hard to the found footage format, you know, that's a format that it's kind of basically the same for every film, um, like the angles and the things that they're able to do with the shaky cam and all that. So to bring something fresh to the table kind of is difficult. Um, I really love how authentic these films feel. They feel authentic to me, at least the tone The people that they get to um, that are doing the interviews, you know, the way that they speak, it's all like monotone. It sounds like you're watching a documentary, you know, and I love that about the way like the Pekitsy tapes. I love that format because it does feel more real to me. And I do feel it is like it is a found footage. You know, I'm seeing something I'm not supposed to be seeing, you know, and like. The cuts of film and the way that they did that, um, I really enjoyed. And in this one, this is a whole other house. You know, you're you're wondering what the hell is a connection. Obviously, it gives it away in a trailer when you see that, oh, here are these damn clowns again that we saw in the Dan Abaddon, you know, hotel. Yeah. Here they are. Like, what the hell are they doing here? They do explain that um you know there's if you haven't seen the other movies I mean get on it see the first one um the first one is my favorite um my least favorite is the third one it was okay um even though it did wrap up and clarify a lot of things but and I I don't know should I it's hard to keep this as a spoiler because we're four movies in um or non-spoiler but It's basically a cult and the cults, um, they're around doing crazy things and it's like cults mixed with like demons and it's a whole thing. The clowns, you know, have their own story and that's where the director and writer of the film decided he wanted to expand upon and kind of show like how the clowns came to be
0: yeah where and, that came into
1: play yeah. yeah which is um andrew Tully, um is one of the um men that were guys were that were the clowns um and now this is where the amusement part comes in because at the end of the film which stay for the what is it called the stinker um stay for the end of all the way past the credits you're going to see there's going to be a little scene and there's a mention of like, oh, that the carnival is going to come back. Like the amusement park is going to be reopened. And yeah, that, well, the carnival plays a part in one of the
0: characters' backstories, as you find out as it goes on. Yes. And uh, I think that the next one they're going to do will probably
1: revolve around that carnival a little more to go on with that. So if this is not, I'm, I said it earlier, I'm all about amusement parks or carnivals. This next film needs to be about this damn carnival, okay? Yeah. And what's going to happen in the carnival. I need another carnival horror uh, movie because technically, and I'm probably wrong about this, I'm really trying to think, eh, I guess us kind of had carnival elements, but yeah. the whole movie wasn't about the carnival. I need like a fun house movie. Yeah. Okay. We overdo a carnival horror movie and this is the one that I need. With these damn clowns, okay? Um, I don't know if I need to see the clowns again. Obviously, I am going to see them. They're very fucking creepy. And this movie is the movie that frustrated me the most. Because a lot of things that happen are just... Ooh. There are very stupid decisions made in this movie. I mean, if you're going to go in nitpicking every decision, this is not the movie for you. I got very frustrated because I felt like these characters, that they just wanted to die. They made no fucking, like, not one thing of, like, I'm trying to survive. They didn't lock doors. They they did everything they weren't supposed to do in a horror movie. It's like someone told them, look, these are the five things you don't do in a horror movie or in a I'm locked in a fucking haunted house situation. And they were like, yeah, garbage and threw that shit away and yeah. did every single one of them. That's the part that's frustrating me. I understand that you're trying to make and bring some level of scare to the film, but don't dumb down your characters and make them make the stupidest decisions where I really don't care if they die. And that's what I didn't like about the film. I... Was super excited to see this. And I liked it. I got my scares. I did enjoy it to some degree. But the frustration of it. The decisions. The lack of decisions. Yeah, there was, a, there was so many parts in this
0: where I was just like, no, don't do that. Come on. Do not split up. Do not go to opposite ends of the horror house. Just to, you know, oh, let's all go check out the strange noise. You guys split up and I'll go this way. No, don't do that. Come on.
1: Yeah. Um You have people that are after you and you're gonna lock yourself in a room But then you're not going to use the darn lock, like the top lock to lock. You're not locking any door. You have like three locks in the damn door. You're not even using one of them. Like you're not even trying at this point. And it was in a situation where the characters were running in after their lives and just like whatever. One character actually went out, looked about, got scared, went back to the room, did not close the door behind her. Not only did she not lock the door, she didn't even close the door. And then hid in the damn closet. What is that going to do for you, bro? You left the door wide open. (laughs) Like, you're... Hello? Like, you should have just stood there out in the open and said, Here you go. Here I am. I'm not going to help, you know. I'm just going to help you kill me because (laughs) I have no brains. So the dumbing down of the characters, all of them, they all were stupid as hell, really upset me because it makes me feel like, like I'm... I'm just as dumb watching them. If that makes sense, like I'm the dummy that's watching them make the dummy decisions. So you're 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 treating me like I'm a dummy, basically is what I'm <laughs> saying. So I did not care for that. But um, other than that, the story was solid. I mean, to bring it in the way that they did, some of it was a bit of a stretch. Like. Why did the Abaddon Hotel send these random things to this antique store? Like, well, but, they said they were recovered from the wreckage of it. So I know, but it and but it was like the town, the next town over, and like I guess if it's like no, no, they whole, were in a little bit different town from where the Abaddon Hotel was. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The Abaddon Hotel was in the next town over from where they were rockledge. Yeah. So. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, oh, whoever sent that shit over. I guess maybe it was Patrick Carmichael, because he's the one that worked there, right? That's where it gets. So, at the first movie, they established that, you know, um, they um when they were building the house, they had the locals come and help them. Yeah. So, that already was established. And this one, four movies later... They established one of those people that were were helping work was a young guy that was part of a family that they had. They lived in their own, you know, manor or whatever, their own nice house. And, like, him working there and being connected to some degree, like, he got, like, touched with evil. And then bad shit happened to his family. And that is where that's where the trouble ensues. And and the story gets mixed up in how that, like, virus of the Abaddon Hotel, like, goes and fucks with his family, and now this damn place is also haunted. Um, there were some pretty scary scenes in here, so... Yeah, there's some pretty intense stuff in it. For a found footage movie, it's not bad. Like I said, the decisions
0: drive me crazy, but there's some pretty solid scares in it, and... They have come up with a little bit better reason for them to be using the camera. That's the thing that you have to come up with. You're going to have the found footage movie. There has to be a reason that they just keep filming things. Yeah. Because one of the things that drove me crazy about, like, the uh, Diary of the Dead, the one that George Romero did, was that there was so many times that it was like, drop the camera and get away from the zombies. Don't keep filming. Don't try to carry the camera up a ladder or whatever. Just drop the camera and run. This one it makes sense because they're using the cameras for lights a lot of the time. They're using the cameras to try and make sure nobody sneaks up on them. Different things, so I get it. it's a little bit better reason to use the cameras. But just their general poor decision making—that's what frustrated me.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then the obsessiveness. Like they have the, you know, girl that's the girl that's heading the investigation um, that goes to investigate the Carmichael um she's obsessed with her hobby and she has the camera you know attached to her hip at all times and that adds to what you're saying like you've embedded this part of the personality of this character so this character is relentless like even as you know, the character may be watching someone getting murdered or whatever. They're like, they can't look away. They have to fucking capture it on film, which is insane, you know, but dot, dot, dot. Guess you'll have to see what happens. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's not good. Um, But I give this out of all of them. It's hard. It's so difficult to read them. I'm going to give this one a two, two and a half knives.
0: Yeah, I'd go with that. Two and a half knives. It's a good uh creepy found footage movie, but it doesn't make a lot of sense of their decisions and that's where it kind of kills it for me. If they'd been a little smarter in it, it would have added some more to it, but they're poor decisions and just you know, there's a reason that they stay at the end, but at the same time, they should have just left and come back later, you know.
1: Yeah, especially in this day and age. I mean, like the one character, the girlfriend. You know, she just she gets railroaded a lot by her significant other, and I did not care for that whatsoever because it's like the the girlfriend, like she had the main girl had no care for her girlfriend whatsoever for her feelings. For yeah. what she wanted to do, like she could care less. It it became to the point where it maybe the hotel like, um, not possessed her, but amplified that amplified her obsession. It just she couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't stop herself. Like even with seeing her significant other being like pain and like su- have such fear, she just couldn't do it. Um, she just kept going, and that part, you know, that it was just not. Not something that I would have put up with. I would have been like, heck no, I'm out. Like, I'm out. Way, 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 way. But then we wouldn't have a film. And that's the thing. I'm not expecting, obviously... We, we can't have a horror movie where everyone's making wise decisions because then we won't have a horror film. But maybe may, have, out of the whole movie, is it like two-hour movie or whatever, maybe they make some wise decisions and then some not-so-wise decisions. But don't make them a total dumbass. Like... I don't want to sit through a movie where I'm watching this character and I just don't care about this character. And you've and that happens usually when there's no character development. But there was character development for all the characters. I mean, for the three characters in the film, there's plenty of character development. So I did care about them until they started doing some dumbass shit. And then I was just, like, waiting for them to get murdered because there is n- what's going to be the other come on the, yeah with these decisions no so yeah so that was on shutter and it is the fourth installment of hell house llc origins carmichael minor <laughs> it's a mouthful i feel like maybe just like origins i I don't even know or carmichael manor but i guess you gotta have the origins in there because it technically is origins. so fine um anything else on our radar that we need to discuss uh chucky's going really good i know there's now a season break right so it's gonna it's going to come back after so it ended with the Halloween um, episode and now they're going to take a little break and then they're going to come back and do the rest of the season later. So I'm looking forward to see how that's going to transpire. We haven't seen that episode as of yet, but so far, hands down... This is the goriest... I mean, there is parts where I have to look away because it is too much. When you think the camera's going to fade out or do a next scene or go to a commercial or whatever, it's like, no, bitch, we're still on this and you're going to watch until we're <laughs> yeah. done with you. It's gorier than any of the Chucky movies, that's for sure. Maybe Hell except yeah. for, well, Seated Chucky got pretty gory at the very end, but... um, It's gory than all of the fucking movies put together. Like, it is gore-fest up in this season and it is a lot but it is so good so good i can't even it's probably the best show like horror show it has i can i'm not trying to think of like all the horror shows now on the top of my head like are are there any besides that one right now um ever in the history of horror shows <laughs> that might be a little strong um, I feel very strongly about it. The continuity I feel is pretty good. I mean, hello, Chucky's like amazing. Everyone does an amazing job in it. I mean, there's just, they bring it, they bring back people from the past. It all ties in together. They expand upon things. I mean, there is no, they leave no, um, what is it, rock unturned. Like, all the rocks are turned up. You know Devin Sawa like is coming back, and this is like American horror story style where like the same yeah. fucking actor comes back to play like he just different... keeps playing a different character. He's the season. Evan Peters of yeah Chucky. Liz,
0: yeah, and then, like you said, they bring him back to all of you. I'm just waiting for him to either bring the mom or Chris Sarandon back at some point. If they can get the budget, they'll get Chris Sarandon back, I'm sure
1: okay, first of all, isn't Chris Sarandon dead? No, he lived through the movie. He did. You know what? We've actually discussed this, and I don't know why, but Chris Sarandon dies in that movie for me. Like, I don't even does he dies, I, and I and you've told me that he doesn't die. So, I'm I haven't seen the movie in a really long time. The first one, um, my favorite one is the one when they go to the military school, which I feel like that's like the most hated one. Which yeah, that's is, part like, three. That's crazy. Why? That's the movie's fucking great. Um, <laughs> i think it's one of those like oh it's a saturday and i've randomly put on a random channel and oh look it's chucky three let me watch that and like the nostalgia of it all just has me but i remember like i've seen that movie i own it and i've seen it so many times but right now that's the only thing um i did start watching goosebumps which obviously that's more kid ish but no i did not i did not care for that and i'm not gonna get into that because that's a whole podcast on its own (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I hope you trick-or-treaters got all your candy. Make sure there's no razor blades in it. Beware. Make sure no one smelled a copy of Halloween Inns inside your bag while you weren't looking. Do not turn off the lights. you got to follow the rules of Halloween because then Sam is going to come and get your ass. And you don't want that lollipop shoved up in there. Nope. So any part of your body. So beware. And thank you so much for joining us on another special episode of our halloween extravaganza <laughs> thank you and stay tuned to the horror and now folks it's time to say good night we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment please
0: drive home carefully and come back again soon good night